Welcome back to Big Content Episode 2. These will be coming out every Monday, we've decided. That's the schedule. I think it's a good way to get your week started, you know? A little motivation, a little fitspiration. Uh, how are we feeling after week one? Is fitspiration like Ryan Fitzpatrick? Fitspiration is for people who have biceps and traps the size of your Oh, legs, you know? like you're, fit, like you're a fit guy. I think, I think that's what it is, no? I've never heard that in my life. Really? Yeah. Did I just make that up? I've literally never heard it, but I figure Ryan Fitzpatrick, this is why my mind is just always content, 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 content. Is because he was doing the content rounds. I think he's doing Thursday Night Football for Prime now. I saw so him, yeah. He's, he's in my dome a little. He got in a fight with Tom Brady, or he was calling out Tom Brady. So For what? Uh, that Tom, every time Fitzpatrick would beat Tom, he wouldn't shake his hand. We know that Tom doesn't shake anyone's hand. He's a sore loser. I like that he's a sore loser, but yeah, Fitz, Fitz Are you a sore loser? I used to be. I used to be the biggest baby in the world. Like growing up playing sports, if I lost, throw an absolute fit. I actually tied a game once and I was so pissed they called it a tie in like a hockey game instead of letting us go to a shootout. I cried for like three hours. Yeah, How old were you? Last week. Why? <laughs> I'm not just making sure. Yeah, I, I've gotten better, but but I've lost a little bit of my edge. Like the it, reason it comes, like it's like it's just not that important anymore that, that you have to make a fucking scene about no, it. No, but in everything in life, like mm. there are some people in the business world and the content world who are killers. Like they want to. I just like, and I'm trying to get that back because I used to be all about like winning and losing. And I, and I talked about this recently with someone. Is like you get to the professional world, and we can both win. Like there's enough money out there. Both our companies can be successful. There's multiple players and markets. But, like, it's rare at this point in your life in the professional world where you actually get gauged on wins and losses. Like, I played in a basketball tournament a few weeks ago. That was the first time in a long time where, like, at the end of the day, like, we lost in the championship. And there's no, like, oh, you had a great tournament all that. Like, in business, you could lose that on a deal, but, like, your company could still succeed. I'm a, I'm a sore loser and a sore winner. <laughs> <laughs> like, if I win, motherfuckers know about yeah. it. If I lose, I'm very angry about it. Yeah. Are you are you like petty? Like I used to be petty. I used to it was I'm not I'm not a crybaby, but I'm definitely I'm definitely I I could definitely be petty. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm annoying about it. Like you don't want to lose to me because you're not gonna hear the fucking end. But do I wanna beat you? Because you sound just as annoying (laughs) if I beat you. Uh yeah. Yeah, like I'm, I'm just gonna annoy the fuck out of you until we play again, until I beat you. Right? You know? I, like, I don't know if I'm like, like we that do trivia either. in your office, right? Ten years ago, if I lost trivia, like I, I don't want to compare myself to Michael Jordan, but like. <laughs> But I will. And and I used to go to a place where, like, I would obsess over shit. And, like, I, same thing. I would just pester you and be like, let's play, let's play. Like, now I can lose trivia. And I don't know if it makes me a loser, more mature. I don't know what it is. But I've just lost a little bit of that edge. It, I guess it depends. Okay, so if I lose something where the other person is, like, a sore winner or gets excited about it or some yeah. shit, that pisses me off. But you're right. Like, I mean, trivia is so trivial. So, like, if I lose it, it's, like, not a big deal. But if the person's, like, fucking flexing and getting up and getting right crazy about it then i'm like fuck this like run it back you know like rerun the goddamn game yeah yeah okay so fitspiration is flourishing on instagram the content workout videos photos of ideal bodies and for inspirational quotes yeah i think that's what it is like that whole genre of people doing weird shit on instagram that are really really fit have you seen uh speaking of that have you seen brad he's taking over tiktok kick the sheets guy no no This this is a guy that you need to see it's hump Wednesday. Day. It's hump day. Kick, Kick the, sheets. the sheets. Get up and win the day. Brad, don't do it to F. Don't do it to F. Okay. Go do it, M. Chill, Brad. So goes to Penn State. We kind of know of him just via my Penn State roots. What's his name? His name is Brad. I don't, like, just look up. Honestly, yeah, right there. <laughs> Straight up, all I typed in was Brad. Yeah, yeah. Name is Brad on TikTok. His his thing is kick the sheets. So he's not going like the douchey, like, uh, let's, you know, finesse hot women and like that route. He's doing like, his two things are kick the sheets. So wake up early, no matter what you did the night before, get out of bed. I like that phrase. Yeah, it, it, it's called on. And the second one is like, it's such a college thing, but he's saying he's an academic weapon. And his push is you, you go to class 15 minutes early, you dominate tests, you sit in the front row. Absolute academic weapon, academic weapon. We are first row in a 700-person lecture class. Let's go. This is what I'm talking about. This is good stuff. 
Like it, it's actually a good like aggressive use of, of it's funny because he's one of those dudes if you go to his page you're like this guy's a fucking asshole that's what i like, mean he probably has really funny awesome content but he looks like a douche but i mean based on what you say yeah he's not. well the the fun thing about him is like he's five eight so it kind of knocks him down a peg uh not that he's too high up on the pegs but he's gonna like knocks him down <laughs> a peg to according to who women <laughs> no like it's that's just a man thing you're like you're like you're not an alpha i can't believe in what you're saying <laughs> you're five, no i think that that's all part of the character though like mm. and he associated with the Vatech because he went to Virginia Tech and like did something with a basketball player and it's just like when you see his height you know that he's not like the 6-4 like dickhead yeah. and so he's he's doing like he posts a million times a day doing the merch thing it's a really good example of going all in on content I gotta say um, just being on the internet like I feel like the majority of my friends are like internet people at this point point. Yeah. and every single I don't I don't know if there's ever been a time where I met someone like I've known them on the internet for a long time, met someone and not been surprised by their height. You know, they could be like five. Everyone could be five left. I'm still like, what the fuck? <laughs> Most people are either like you were taller than I thought you were going to be for sure. What are you? Six one. Yeah. yeah you're six one. Yeah. Almost 99% of the fantasy space is underwhelmingly short. Oh, like yeah, everyone yeah. I meet is like five, seven. <laughs> and they're not alphas. Like yeah. when you saw, I mean, Davis Maddox. Like, well, I knew he was, you knew he was short. I didn't know he was. I saw small. the picture with him and Pete. Yeah. Yeah. And Laird. And I didn't know that. The only reason I need to throw a shot at him is because I've been trolling him over Matt Collins. But yeah. yeah, so I like Brad. I like this guy, Brad. He he was going to work for NIL agency with Sean Clifford, starting quarterback at Penn State, who's kind of capitalizing on his time there. And then he was like, you know what? I'm going all in on this content stuff. He cut down on his classes, and he's he's going and doing it. I just think it's fun. And, and this is a good example because I think we're going to cover maybe a couple technical questions from what equipment, and I want to create content, all that stuff. He's straight up on TikTok using TikTok's camera and tools. Like, that is it. I don't even know if he uses music and, and filters and any of that stuff. So there really is an opportunity for stuff like that uh, to just go and do it with the tools provided. Can I just say, based off our first week, like, starting any new venture or any new whatever it is project is, like, the most almost humbling thing yeah. in the world, you know, like we put this out in our first episode probably has like 200 views on YouTube, yeah. you know, chopped up some clips or whatever. Like the discord is relatively dry. It's probably got like a hundred people in there. Right. Yeah. And it'll slowly grow, but like you kind of forget. No, the last like, time I got a hundred views was like four years ago, cor- but yeah. it's, a, it's amazing. Same. I've never, I haven't <laughs> felt this invigorated from yeah, like creating yeah. content again, because like you got a claw for it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's so like people that are starting now that are like, Oh, you know, I'm following Jack and Nick start this up. Like I kind of want to get into the content thing. Like you're doing it with us. Like we have to rebuild this shit up. And I personally haven't felt like this renewed when it comes to content in a while. Like I'm excited to do this. I'm, I'm taking like notes on the background. I personally chopped up like five clips. The episode that we released on Monday was like the first full YouTube video that like we as a company have put out that I actually watched after it was out (laughs) in like years. I never do it. We didn't discuss the Monday draft time and I text. (laughs) That's a little tough on me, but same thing with me. Like you text me, go, let me know what clips we should cut up. And editing your own stuff. We talked about it last episode. It's humbling and it's good to get back to that place. I think being on the ground floor stuff is what keeps a company kind of rolling. Hell yeah. And I'm like excited. I basically, I came across, uh, across a clip the other day from, I don't know, TikTok or Reels or whatever, but it was Kobe. And he was talking about how like he, the people were, they were asking about like his training schedule in the summer. And he was like, I don't negotiate with myself. He's like, I made a training schedule at the beginning of the summer. I don't get up and like have a fake conversation with myself about whether or not I want to do it. He's like, I made the schedule. I'm going to do that. I'm not negotiating with myself. Yeah. The deal was already made. The deal was made. When I set out at the beginning of the summer and said, this is the training plan I'm doing. I signed that contract with myself. I'm doing it. You know, throughout the that process, you'll start talking to yourself like, man, I gotta, I think I need to, maybe if we, nope. <laughs> no, this is no, non-negotiable. <laughs> and I like did that with myself this week. And I was like, I'm going to set a schedule for my personal content and like how I want to do it. And it's basically like every Monday we release it. I'm going to watch it, chop up like five clips, have one for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, do a personal um, TikTok clip that I'm going to take like a random Q and a question and do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then I want to do a personal vlog every Sunday. So I'm like, that's me doing that. Like, I'm not going to wake up and be like, oh, I don't feel like doing the clip today. Like I'm not negotiating with myself. It's a lot. It's a lot. And, and I actually relish the opportunity for people watching in our discord and engaging with us who are starting mm-hmm. because when you start that, you only have one thing. 
Like we are running companies. I'm I'm coming from MSG Networks doing a show. I'm going on the road for Monday Night Football. Like I've got 19 pieces of content. I wish that like all I had to do was do focus on one thing. And that is a huge recommendation for me. It's like when you do pick your thing, what you want to start on, don't go to Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all those. Like you can focus on one thing. So if it's a podcast, just focus on the podcast. If it's making short form content, do that. But yeah, it's it's a lot and it's not a lot. Actually, I know this isn't the Q&A portion. I hope I liked the video. But there's a huge uh, trend going on on TikTok, a debate over is being an influencer, really a content creator, a tough job, a hard job. Okay. Um, so this, this, just more context. So uh, I, I saw some dude like stitch it. Yeah, yeah. He stitched her thing. So look, look, play that for yeah. a little bit. Let me see the guy because it might have been a different stitch that I saw. Funniest part about all these influencers trying so hard to convince everyone that their job is difficult. Of course you think it's hard. It's your job. That's how a job works. I'm being so incredibly serious when I say this. Any influencer who tells you this job is hard is either lying or just straight up lazy. I personally can spend anywhere from 10 to 24 hours on one video. I have to get the source material for whatever I'm doing. I have to style it myself. I have to shoot it myself. And I have to model it myself. I have to then edit, which usually takes the longest part of everything. Even with having to do all that just by myself, I will be the first one to tell you this job is easy as shit. You get to wake up whenever you want. You get to work for as long as you want. You can clock in, clock out as you please. You have no boss. You have no coworkers. Shit, you got unlimited vacation days. You get paid time off because when you post, your videos are still getting views, thus you generating revenue while you're doing jack shit. You get to decide how long your shift is. You get to decide everything about your job. You are literally your own boss. And yes, this can be a double-edged sword, but for the most part, it's fucking great. Yeah, I saw yeah. this. So his take was essentially, yes, influencers, creators work very hard, but it's on your schedule. It's editing videos. It's talking about your life, and it's not. So I'm, I'm very curious what your thoughts are. Um, is it hard I mean, straight up, yeah, it's really difficult. If you're a full time, most most people that are like content creators are not full time. They're full, not they're not full of shit, but like it's a passion of their, uh, it's a passion of theirs. So they're doing it on the side. Yeah, there are so few people that straight up make a full time living from content. You know, mm -hmm. like you could work, you can have these guys. They're not full time content creators. Like neither are the people that work for you, yeah. they haven't to work for a full time content like company. There's a very big difference. It's really difficult to stay consistent through the ups and downs because in the same way that we start this podcast and it's going to get very minimal views for a long time, we already have like our safe haven behind us. We have mm -hmm. our companies behind us that like, if this fails, whatever, because we're good on that side. When you're starting a new venture, like as a content creator, it's so unpromised. It's like such an unpaved path for you personally. So it's like, you got to show up every day for years and years and years without any promise of it actually working. And you don't really know whether or not you're doing a good job. You know, it's like maybe the market tells you with views, it's very difficult. There are pros and cons to it. Like the pros is that flexibility. It's, it's the idea that you can use your creativity whenever you want. It's the idea that like you can innovate. You don't have to listen to somebody else tell you what to do. And then you are like passionless. But you do. I, I just disagree with the majority and I don't take offense to it. Like a lot of content creators were like, will come out and say, it's very hard. Like not everyone can do it. All that stuff. We're actually starting a podcast to show everyone that you really can do it. But I think to act like it's not hard, flexibility, you're not, you don't have a flexible schedule because you have, you have brand, how do you get paid? How do you eat? It's based off other people telling you what to do. The algorithm tells you what to do. You posted a clip from this on TikTok and it won't even show people yeah. the clip. So because I get to do what I want to do every day, which the re is the reason I, the reason I say it's, it's, it's like, if you're a content creator, like you're probably not a full-time content creator. If you're running a, that's a different conversation. It's like, yes. oh, if I'm a business right. owner, it's like, yeah, that shit is fucking incredibly hard because there's 95 different things to do. But, but even creators, they got to go and create with teams and leagues and, and other, they got to network really well with other creators. I think it's, it's hard as fuck. It's a dream the, job. The highs are high. The, the highs are awesome. Like people yeah. are jealous of the things that you get to do as a creator, but yes. like there's a lot of shitty parts about it man there are a lot of shit you need to innovate every single like bro every single year we need to make sure that we have like new products and new partners and all this stuff otherwise we're not making that money like you don't have any sort of steadiness you don't have any stability it's also like very fucking lonely there are not a lot of people you can relate to that yeah. are doing what you do so i would i would say my biggest struggle or not struggle i i would say the hardest part that people think right the job's very flexible you're on your own hours you create your own schedule is you're always on 
Always. Like if you're creating content, your life, is, at least to what I think is going to make you a successful content creator is not just being like niche, niche, niche. People have to care about you as a person and what you do, which means you're always on. Always. That's not easy. No, it's not easy. It, it just becomes like your lifestyle. Like at, at this point, like you, you are Snapback Sports, you know, and I am BDG. And it's just like the only thing I think about and care about like all day, every day. Yeah. And it's just become like normalized. But yeah, I mean, very difficult job, but the highs are definitely high. Like I definitely have... I mean, we both have very cool facets to our job that yeah. people would be jealous about, but there are definitely really, really difficult aspects to it. And it also like depends on your goals when you are, you know, if you want to be a content creator that makes 60K a year, like it won't be, I mean, not not saying it won't be hard, but like it's a lot less demanding, a lot less difficult yeah. for you. you yeah. Have, you know, you have to jump. I mean, what is, what is hard about being an actor? About being an actor? Yeah. You memorize lines and you say them back. Being a successful actor. I, it's always, I think it's the, the first, like getting your first gig, like the mental part of it. I, w- I always think about that. Like people will say, is it hard to get to where you are? And I'm like, the first year is such a mental game. Mm-hmm. Like you got to get over the fact that you're putting yourself out there. Like people are judging you left and right. Like what is this fucking guy doing? And you know, in the first year, you're not gonna have any success. Like the, the chance of virality is so fucking small yeah. that it's like that first year is just a complete mental game. Once you get a little mojo going, once you get a little bit of, you know, swag going, then you're like, it becomes a physical game because you always have to be on. You're like, you got to be able to put the work in for 10, 12, 15 hours a day. When again, there's like no fucking return for you. So that's the way I, I, I don't know. I, I think about like, what was the, what was the question? Like, what is hard about being an actor? Oh, I think the same thing. Because when you're starting out as an actor, like, everybody's trying to do it. What separates you from them? You're going into audition, probably getting the shit kicked out of you every fucking yeah. week, every day, whatever you're doing it. And people are probably telling you, like, dude, stop trying. You're not good enough. Your parents are probably like, you know, you're going to run out of money soon. Yeah. I think it's the same thing. The first year or two is probably wildly mental. Once you actually hit a little bit of a break, then it probably becomes physical because you have to show up every day. You have to look good every day. You have to stay in shape every day. You got to get your lines going. Like, yep. I, I think there's a. I think it's tough. Similar, a lot, similarity. a lot of it's talent, but same thing in the content creation world. You can beat the talent by working your ass off. I agree. I think like talent affects the top two percent and the bottom two percent. Everyone else that falls in between, like if you're gonna go down as one of the all time greats, as like an elite creator, elite whatever, yeah. the talent is probably what like gets you that extra, you know, from like a really good one to be. I mean, like, look at Mr. Beast. Mr. Beast is not a good actor. He figured, look, go look at his early videos. Go look at his current videos. Like, I actually think he would fare much better if someone, not at this point, his name and brand is too big, but if if he had a professional actor, like, same thing with uh, RDC. You follow RDC? So RDC World, Supreme Dreams, they do a lot of uh, hilarious skits. They do Avatar and all the anime stuff. And it's not like they're the greatest actors in the world. Like, I know the guys. They're incredibly smart. They get content beyond. They understand, like, what culture is and all that stuff. If they put real, like, people. You don't think that's a talent, though? It is. No, no, that's my point. My point is that you can, that's the talent. The talent doesn't have to be on screen, on camera type stuff. You can still be hyper, hyper successful. Oh, yeah. There's a million ways of, like, having your talent expose itself. Like, you're saying, like, act like. I, I never think of like creators as being like the best ones or the best actors. Right. You know, I would never think that, but I think the best ones are the ones that are, I think hard work is basically a talent. Like work ethic yeah. is a talent, it you is. know, and, and being aware of your surroundings and understanding like where to collaborate and all these things that like maybe you take for granted, but those are for sure like levels of talent that I think will separate you over the long run. What else, what do you got going on this week? Uh, this week. What, what we? specifically are you doing for MSG? So just betting content. So I'm executive producing my own show called Settle Your Bet, which is fun. Giving out uh, NFL winners. And then we'll do Stack with Jack, which will be another show, which will be Nick's basketball related betting stuff. They've obviously got incredible partners with the teams and the leagues and stuff. And right across the street from the garden, they just got to bring in a younger audience and they got to work on the betting content. All the media companies. So you're making like a bunch of like vertical videos in there posting it on their tiktoks or uh youtube actually so we're shooting it for youtube so trying to it's funny like such a big corp like that you would imagine they would have all the tools in place but like had to hire a a social slash video editor for it i'm teaching them how to do thumbnails like dude it's one of the things that, that i've noticed so heavily coming up in this industry is that like and I talked about this. So when I went to Vegas earlier in uh, like February, there was the FSGA conference and I spoke on the content marketing panel and there were, I didn't see a lot of content creators. So I was looking out in a room and I was like, I didn't really know how to approach it. If I was like, am I talking to content creators that want to like grow their brand? Am I talking to like media companies? Am I talking to like, I mean, at the end of the day, most companies in 
fantasy gambling DFS are realistically like software companies, like tech mm-hmm. companies. So I'm like, okay, the fantasy people are like only content. Those companies are almost always tech. They're tech first, right? Like tech and marketing. That's what they care about. I'm like, the best companies are going to be the ones that are able to bridge the gap. And it's funny because every time you sign, every time you like do things with corporate companies, all they care about is the corporate side. And they so over, uh, underestimate just like how the distribution of this type of content is like border. I don't want to say the only thing that matters, but like in today's day and age, it's like borderline the only thing that matters. And they, and they'll be like, Oh, let's get a team of two or three people and have them do all the videos, edit all the videos. We want 10 TikToks a day. We want, I'm like, fam, like how about instead of getting 17 executives at a table to have a conversation, like hire six full-time content people, and you yeah. guys will have a million videos going out at once. And then your distribution is there. Boom. Like make your own distribution. Well, I've already seen it a little bit with house of highlights is doing a good job of it. I'm trying to think of some other companies where they're hiring content creators. That's the new thing. You don't have to go a year, like post four videos and all these media companies, the smart ones are going to start look like you would hire a content creator. Yeah. Right. I'm, well, I'm li- I don't know if I would, but like, I, yeah, I, if he could do multiple things, Right. Sure. And, and I think that's what a lot of the, so that's exciting. I think if you're getting into content, I mean, a lot of the fantasy people are now content creators first that are being hired. NBC sports is hiring that, right? Mm-hmm. Like Matt Barry is effectively a content creator. Yeah. And it's like a, a lot of kids that are younger be like, it's just like the old days are so out. Like you're not sending your resume to ESPN and they're hiring you to be a content creator. It's like, okay, I want to be a content creator. It's like, what do I need to do? It's like, you need to fucking create content. <laughs> like who are they going to hire? A dude who has, you know, 5,000 subscribers on YouTube or a dude that had a 4.0 GPA in a communications class. Like they don't give Crazy. a fuck, you know? ESPN like, actually just started a uh, creator class. One really? Of, yeah. One of our clients from the agency is in it. It's not like a paid thing. It's really educational. Omar who started House of Highlights and, and crushes it for them is running it. But like what? Like yeah. two years ago? I know when you started this. What eight years ago? Doing content. We actually found. I don't even. I didn't even remember doing this. I apparent. I had a YouTube channel that I put up before. Like it's BDG right now, but it was just my name, Nick Urcolano, yeah. for a long time. For like since I think the first video was like end of 2015. And sexy out there was like I could. I swear to God, you had a YouTube channel before the Nick Urcolano one. I was like, I don't think so, dude. And he found it yesterday. It was from even before. It was like, it was two, either 2013 or 2014. And it, I made like four fantasy videos. <laughs> and it was me. I was so, I had such a baby face. Like yeah. I was so young doing it. And I was like, man, it's like 2022, almost 2023. I was like, that was borderline 10 years ago at this point. Crazy. It's so wild how that comes That out. That's one of the biggest things for me. We talked about last episode too, which is like when you go and you create the content, if you, if your mindset is I'm going to try it for three months, if you even give yourself three months, and if I don't get the views, I'm done. Like if you think, oh, I'm going to create content for the next 10 years, I would bet on every single person who does that. Yeah, if, There's if, no way you lose that. There way. is no way. I have seen, like when I first started getting into like YouTube, some of the people that like inspired me were um, these fitness YouTubers. So like these dudes like Christian Guzman, Max Tuning, I don't know if you ever heard about them, mm-hmm. but they were like, they started like just fitness related videos, almost how I started with just fantasy football videos. They started integrating vlogs and like lifestyle content into what they were doing. And I was like, whoa, this is like the coolest shit ever. And I'd watch and I was like, I could do that. I'm, I'm pretty sure this is before I did any YouTube stuff, but I would watch them come up and like, they're huge. They're, uh, they're huge now. And I think back on that and I'm like, some of the dudes that are in their, in their niche that are really popular as well, like don't have it, you know, mm. but got huge because they just showed up every fucking day in the right place. And I'm like, this dude's personality is like a fucking piece of wood, man. But he has 150,000 subscribers just because he keeps showing up. He yep. keeps showing up like every single day, does the right thing. He understands that people want value. Like even if he's not a good personality, it's just like, I'm helping you every single day, you know? That um, was your Instagram story. I thought it was really good. Uh, you were yelling on a Monday or Sunday? Well, I like to do... Yeah, like Sundays, uh, it depends. But I think you went off on Monday. I went off on a Monday Which because how I know you care. The person submitted <laughs> it on Sunday night, right. you know, and I was like, ah, I don't feel like going off right now. I'll figure it out. Monday, let's get the fucking week started. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. How did you manage to turn your hobby into a career? Very simple. One word teach. Teach. If you're passionate about something, teach people about it. Teach them why they should be passionate, why you're passionate about it, what they could learn about the subject or the hobby or whatever it is, okay? If you are passionate about something, if you actually have a hobby, you're like ahead of 96% of the fucking people in this world. Most people don't give a fuck about anything nowadays. It's actually pathetic. Yeah, someone asked just like, how do you turn your hobby into a passion? I think, I mean, there's a million ways. You could be awesome, you could be talented, you could be entertaining. At the end of the day, like anyone out there that wants to turn their hobby into a passion means they're 
or their hobby into a career, it's like, that means you're passionate about something. So teach people about that shit. Like, that's the easiest way. Teach, 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 man. Because you give value to people. Like, mm. that is the lowest bar for giving value is teaching. You know, yep. anyone could do it. You don't have to be funny. You don't have to be good looking. If you say some shit that I'm like, damn, I never thought about that. You have like a newfound respect for that person. You kind of like follow them because you're like, I wonder what they're going to say next. Yeah. What are they going to teach me next? You know, their micro influencers are so hot right now because they're influencing and giving value to a to a very small group of people. That small group of people can become a very large group of people. Like I'm try, I literally try to think of the smallest shit that you couldn't like create a career out of. Baseball player props, strikeout. You can create a career just off of that. Like I you love can go that off you, sports. My bi- like, the bicep. Uh, yeah, the bi- clip from right. last week was one of my favorite yeah, clips. Like, you become a bicep <laughs> content creator. I actually worked out biceps there. I couldn't become a content. I could creator. tell. I, so. I think I think those creators that I originally followed was for like kind of like fitness advice. When yeah. they did the lifestyle stuff, I got into it, but then so you that, stopped following them. I haven't followed them in a long, yeah, in a long, long say, time. The physique definitely rep looks too good, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, they went lifestyle. <laughs> you kept working, right? Out, right, right. Fitspiration. <laughs> yeah. um, well, they went like almost completely into lifestyle. Every video became vloggish, and it wasn't like valuable for what I was looking for in the beginning. And I think I saw like a lot of comments were like that, like, oh, I used to follow you for this and it's not the same anymore. I do think there's a fine line to walk between getting bigger and like figuring out what you want to do. Because there's a lot of times I just put out content because I'm like, I don't give a fuck about what the audience thinks. Like, I just want to do this. I like this type of content. I think it gets a little bit tougher as you scale to be like, this is what got me here. Do I continue? Because you kind of get yourself into like the rat race if Mm -hmm. you do that, though. If you start to like pivot out and branch to other avenues or pieces of content or whatever like topics and subjects and it's like fuck I don't, I don't really you know it's like how do you balance a huge audience that loved you for one thing do you force it like what's your take on that well you're i think you do a great job of it and you don't want to be pigeonholed into just being the fantasy guy and you have to you kind of but you have to offer value right in the new you can't just come out and start giving stock tips right I mean, you could. Oh, we talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I mean, the guy on Mad Money just makes shit up anyways, yeah. Kramer. So There's no difference between that and fantasy. Exactly. You're just saying shit and it's hoping a, it sticks. Right. So, I think as long as your audience recognizes that, then I think you can get out of what original. But, like, you wouldn't get into dancing unless, unless you... You know, put your head down and fucking crushed it. it it's, and a, it's a hard pivot. It's very yeah. much just like this. Like, again, it goes back to this podcast. This is very different from, like, what yeah. we've been doing for a long time. So you just know from the ground floor. I, I think at the end of the day, like, the lesson to be learned here is, like, if you want to do what we're doing, it just is fucking hard. Like, yeah. there's, so, there's a lot of work going to it. It's going to suck for two years. It really, really is. But it won't suck if you enjoy what you're doing. Like, it won't suck if the thing you're talking about, you're passionate about. I, I, I think, like, the best way to get started is straight up. Write down 10, 20, 30 how-to ideas for, like, whatever you're passionate about right like fucking making tables like how to make tables five table five mistakes people make when making tables right like fucking 30 video ideas and that's an automatic way to get you right into value mode because you're like teaching people how to's immediately you don't doesn't necessarily need to be like the title of the video or the blog post or whatever but it gets you thinking about what you can teach people and that's a starting point you know I can't build shit. That wouldn't be for me. But <laughs> animals but, are savage. Animals built everything in this fucking place. That's crazy. Yeah. Like basically hired him to be a handyman. There's I was watching a YouTube video how to fix HDR iPhone footage to get it to not, you know, be blown out on Premiere. And this guy he's got fifty thousand views on it. And it's like I I'm not the only one. It the HDR iPhone footage. <laughs> Yeah. It's brand new. That wasn't even a feature two iPhones ago. So let's let's limit the time scope. How many people need to figure out that exporting on Premiere? So you're telling me at least 50,000 people are having that problem. If there's a market for that. It's a market for everything. everything. Yeah, every single thing. Yeah, and you can basically find it on YouTube or TikTok. But your, your question, I think Corey... Corey responded to the tweet. So uh, we I, we had two similar questions. Okay. One was from the Discord that uh, my man Austin asked, and then Corey also yeah. basically asked you were the same mentioning question. talking about testing stuff that, and and such. That reminded me of that. Corey said, "Yeah, I'd love to hear about your guys' process when it comes to pivoting off of ideas that didn't work. Uh, how quickly to pivot, staying positive, and testing new ideas. I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned, and I'd like to hear y'all's thoughts on that concept. It's a it's a tough balance between giving it a full chance and knowing you went all in." On on it like uh, for some stuff you should probably go and f- if we do this for a year and we never go over 100 views should we pivot off of it like what is the so i don't know yeah so my i think the way i would approach this is like it it's very goal dependent like what what's what's the thing that you're doing what's the goal what's the you know the outcome you would like to see and then you work towards that 
the good thing about this podcast for me, I don't know what you're like, yeah. what you like. I just like doing this shit. Right. So if we do this for a year and we start a hundred views, 200 views, whatever, like we might be like, all right, listen, we got, uh, we need to put this time elsewhere, but I'm not going to look at it as like a failure. No. Like, I just like these conversations. So it's like, cool. But if our goal was like, okay, I want to become full-time like business podcasters, <laughs> then I'd be like, we got to start making some <laughs> fucking money moves over here. Like we're trash, but I, our sports podcast, Snapback Sports Pod, we've seen declining growth over the years. But one, I get to hang out with my best friend for an hour and a half twice a week at Talking Sports. And that's a, always been a dream of mine. So every time we do it, I see it as as a positive. And that's why we haven't stopped it, even with the growth. Two, it's, it's done things that I could have never imagined from a networking perspective. We got athletes on. We ended up number one on the charts when we initially launched. Those two things have made it worth it. And we don't make enough money for, to spend 10 minutes on it a week. Mm-hmm. But, but we just continue to do it. But... We've also gained, you know, out of the few thousand people who listen weekly, we've gained like lifelong fans, super fans that we get to engage with. And so I've always said with podcasts, in my opinion, there's two routes. One, you reach max scale. So part of my take or some of these mystery podcasts where you can monetize just because so many eyeballs. Two, you hit quality listeners. And that's what I really am. Sure, some of our TikTok clips or a YouTube video could go, you know, and do Colin and Samir numbers and, and a million people could watch it. But if we hit 10 people who become content creators, you that, literally have there. no clue where that could end up. We could collaborate in the future and that one interaction, one video, one brand deal, like we could make $100 million because someone listened, made content, invited us to invest. And like that, I think there's a biz dev opportunity to, to small stuff too. Yeah, I think you need to like really, it's very much a feel thing. Like for instance, this podcast is very similar to one. I don't know if you ever watched Why Yelling that I did with Steve. Yeah. So my best friend would come in for a while. It was once a week. We would film together and basically talk about like whatever was going on in our lives, but a lot of like the underneath workings of BDG and there, we don't do it anymore. Like we stopped. It became like something that we were doing like once a month and then just kind of like trailed off or yep. whatever. But the idea when we started, I was just like, this is going to be fun as shit. And did I have thoughts of being like, yo, it'd be cool as fuck if this blew up and like me and Steve just got to like do like a podcast right, or whatever right. and be on stage and talking about it. like, I've definitely had those thoughts about it. I don't look at it as a failure whatsoever. Like I thought it was awesome. It was really, really fun to bring him in. He doesn't do any sports stuff, like no fantasy content. So it was like cool way to get him involved with what we're doing. And to be honest with you, it became like he's married now in Jersey and I'm here like living a piece of shit lifestyle in New York. So it's like, while we're still best friends, like to the core, we're not always around each other. So this kind of also gave us an excuse to yeah. be with each other. So it's like, it really kind of depends on what your goal is. If it's to monetize, you should put some thoughts, some plans into it and have goals along the way. But I think, I don't know if there's any like right answer to this. Cause I've had a billion ideas that I'm like, let's fucking do this. And we just didn't do it. And I'm like, ah, fuck. Well, I think our boy, Danny Miranda, I mean, if I could place a bet on him, I think we'd both be all in. And and I think for the quality of content he's doing, the amount of work he's doing, he probably should be reaping way better rewards. But I know that kid's not stopping anytime soon. No, he's and a psycho. Like like that. He is, made a. He made a. He's not negotiating with yeah. himself. <laughs> that shit is going to pay off. I think he will live on the street and do and spend his money for a podcast studio booking guests. And it just had like that is someone. That there's so much worse content out there that performs so much better, but that will hit. But once it hits, he has the foundation of like, dude, some of the guests he gets on his show. Ridiculous. Me? (laughs) No, but some of them are like, I'm like, bro, like, what do you do? Like, how do you pull that off? Yeah, Yeah, they're like crazy, crazy big people. And he's always come, he comes prepared. Like, I really respect his work ethic a lot. So, I mean, yeah, go back to the question, like how quickly to pivot. That's, again, it's a field thing. I think like you set up expectations. You'll be disappointed if you have high expectations for something and they fall a little bit short. So I wouldn't really go into anything with like really high expectations. You can get excited about something, but if you're excited about something, it's probably because you have good intentions behind it and you're like passionate about it. And therefore I don't think there's really failing. You could fail yourself by getting excited about something and then not working hard on it. Right. But like, well, I guess it, it depends on the scope of the idea, like pivoting off of a segment in a podcast or pivoting off of like a completely brand new vertical. Like we launched snapback kitchen. Okay. After three months, how's that going? Yeah. It's going well, it's going well. I think I've talked about this before. It feels like, like we're doing a lot over here. Pop chew is launching a bunch of brands, including ours. And it feels like it needs someone full time in the middle who's dedicated to it we just neither side has time for it so i think that's what's holding it back a little but 
like, are we going to pivot off of this already? That's a huge launch, a huge initiative versus, you know, I'm trying fantasy football content. Okay, maybe fantasy basketball. That might be a huge pivot or a different segment. When, so, you, th- when you think about failure, because I do think a lot of the mindset for people out there, especially people that are on the internet, a lot of their failure comes from the idea of like outside people thinking that they failed about it. Like you can have an idea and work on it and just like not go through with it. And it's like, whatever, like no one's really going to be like, what the fuck was that? Like, why did you do that? Like, why are you not doing this anymore or whatever? Like, I also think it's probably a little bit more inside your own head for a lot of these things. You know, I think the people that say they love to fail are, are actually true to themselves, but also lying. I hate failing. But after I've failed, it's actually amazing. It's the only way to learn. It's amazing. Yeah. Like in it is horrible. Yeah. But like it's really the only way to refine yourself. Yeah. Like no one's like in the midst of a failure and they're like, God, this is amazing. Like I'm loving that, you know, I don't know where my next rent's coming from. And I don't. But after the fact, any failure I've had like is um, incredible incredible experience i literally have a hundred ideas a day a hundred ideas a day that i just like don't get around to and you prioritize like what you need in your life like if if you're like fuck you know i got my rent due in two weeks and i don't have the rent check like maybe you got to prioritize something i mean i wouldn't suggest anybody like going into the content space without like any financial backing because that's like a surefire way to fail and start going down the wrong you know paths yeah but yeah again i think it's like you figure out your goal and you reverse engineer what it is that you need to do there, you know, and then you can kind of plan out the time. Like a lot of the times I think people over um, maybe overshoot on the projects or ideas that they have as well. I always think starting small, like under promise over delivers a really good idea with most yeah. things. Um, for instance, like our bash project, BDG three by far, like the most intense project we've put together. Like we planned that for you know, six months to put this all together, that would have been like such a failure if we didn't get to launch that. Like that would have been like heartbreaking to me, but that I knew going in, I was like, okay, we're looking for 600 to 1200 people. We need to convert our whole audience from normal ass people to (laughs) web three NFT people. We need to get all you guys as like influencers involved. I was like, there's so many parts of this. And I've, I've been in this space long enough to understand the logistics behind that is a fucking nightmare. Mm -hmm. So it's like, when you start something like that, you do have an expectation. You do have at least like a realistic viewpoint on something. So in that case, it was like I was overshooting, but I was like, this is it. Like, this is our fucking project, you know? Yep. But for other things, I think I think under-promising, over-delivering is usually the right way to go about it. Because you could always add on. But like once you promise something and then take away, then it feels more internally like failure, I think. I don't think you were ever pivoting off that either. Like that one, you were either succeeding or failing. Dude, and but if the, you heard like the first meeting we had, what I actually wanted to do with that project, like yeah. full scale, everything. But it can get there. I mean, like most of the things were pr- probably legal. I think that everyone's like, <laughs> we can't do those things. I'm like, no, no, no. This is like my vision in my head you was can, so fucking clear. Can, that's the thing. Mojo. Look at Mojo. A million people have told them, no, no, no. Sports stock market doesn't work. They figured out a way. And it, it might take time. It might be the wrong time. There, there could be a time. It what's what's the, now? What's the what's your favorite idea that is illegal or had to get left behind? Okay, so what I wanted to do was I wanted to create a project that incentivized people to stay within the project and want them to be part of the project outside of just being in the fantasy league. So what I wanted to do originally was like, okay, if we had launched this correctly and it went really smoothly and the demand was really high after we had already sold out, people wanted to get in. My incentive was that every time someone sold their NFT all of the royalties went to all the people that stayed that didn't sell their NFT, but that's giving out like profit. That's giving out royalties. That's giving that stuff that like we have to 1099 everybody. And I don't think we're, I don't even think we're legally allowed to do that shit. That was my idea. I was like, bro, if these are, these will get to a point where like no one wants to sell out because we had a three year plan originally, Mm -hmm. right? It was going to be three years. You were sticking in the off season would have been crazy because people were trying to like buy in their off season. I'm like, you're getting royalties for three years. By the time the tournament's done, you will have made your fucking money back. Got to have played in the thing for three years. It was, it was, it was more like grand scale things where I was like I so clearly see how this is going to play itself out and I mean you can figure out it's not as clean but right like after three years if you see someone who's been engaged for three years you can reward them yeah. in a legal way yeah I mean we will but now. you just can't promise it and I think that's the annoying part is right we couldn't you, promise that it was like it was like I want royalties for everybody it was like the shares of the company is still the grand prize for this thing right. so that was like something I was like this is awesome and people are like yeah. they can't do that it's crazy and I was yeah. like no 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 we're like, are we're you nervous by the way about that I'm three and oh and and I might be able to fire you pretty soon you're three and oh yeah <sighs> After taking Eckler second, 
<laughs> I have, you got Lamar. Yeah, I have Lamar. Okay. Uh, that's yeah, no, that's all I need. You're okay. gonna fall off probably right. soon. I'm just saying, ten thousand shares. That dartboard might become a chicken tender <laughs> basket over there on the wall. Listen, dude, get some snapback gear around here. We'll, we'll gladly slap it up against the wall. I need it. JL, at FYF, John Luke, the homie says, uh, for creators with limited marketing experience, what are the most important areas to focus on when it comes to growth? For creators with limited marketing experience, uh, can't really relate. I've always been a fucking... <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, what are the most important areas to focus on when it comes to growth? Um, well, I think like as a creator, you're just immediately going into organic marketing, right? They're like two sides of marketing. Basically there there's paid and there's organic. Organic is literally just putting out content and hoping that you build an organic audience. I don't think any normal content creator is putting paid ads behind what they're doing, especially not at the start, right? Like maybe three, five right. years down the road, whatever to focus on. I, again, I, I think it's all about delivering value. I think it goes goes back to teaching things like you'll learn the marketing stuff as you go like marketing the tactics that I, I went to school for business I got my MBA in marketing analytics I can pretty firmly say like 99.9% of the things I don't know if I can remember a single thing that I took away from fucking five six years of schooling that I actually use in today's no. world so I think like marketing is something you learn along the way marketing is basically in today's world it's like understanding social platforms so for me I think one of the questions I asked you last week was like you listen to podcast I asked that because I left my corporate job relatively young. I think it was like 23. So when I left and I was going into the social world, I was still running paid traffic ads. Like that was my freelance thing. And, but mm -hmm. doing content on the side, it was like, I got to understand how to stay on top of platforms. I got to understand what are the trends. I have to understand like these different like marketing things. So for me, I consume a lot of content that's educational, right? In the same way that like people come to me for education on XYZ, I also go to other people. Like podcasts just happens to be like my main form of consumption for it. So I listen to a ton of marketing and business podcasts just to understand where people are having success, where I should give a second look for the most part. Um, things, I mean, things move fast, but like they don't really move no, that they fast, don't. especially not like platform wise. Yeah. I would say to that question, maybe some more specific examples, like how to grow your stuff would be interact with the thought leaders or leaders really of the community. Like you recognize JL's name, right? Mm -hmm. And and that's valuable because eventually maybe you follow him and engage, maybe he comes yeah, to the he, show. Yeah, he's, he's actually in the fantasy space. He's, he's, yeah. a, he's a good friend. He's yeah. been in the office before. And, and you continue to do that. And so you just get in front of more people. Add value in the replies because that's... That's actually, you kind of want to grow your audience. Remember, your audience is going to follow your stuff, engage with your stuff, and maybe reshare your stuff. But how do you grab from other audiences? And you can do that by adding unique value in other people's replies or comment sections or DMs. And at the end of the day, it comes down to adding value. Yeah, I actually, I, I think next week we should talk about collaborations because mm -hmm. you and me, we don't have opposing viewpoints, but you collaborate so often and you yeah. do it so well. And it's been such a big part of your growth. And I literally never fucking collaborate. Yeah. Like it's my least. Well, favorite. this is a collaboration. This is a collaboration. Yeah. But that's like, okay. yeah, you know, I'm, I'm taking this shit solo <laughs> from now on. I, it's just not something I've used as, as, uh, it's it's honestly not something I I've used either. Like really? you say, I collaborate a lot. I don't, not a ton. Not until, I mean, Club Top Shot was the first time where anyone outside of my audience and ecosystem and outside of Snapback I ever interacted with. And really? it was so valuable. It's how I met you. It's like with, with Underdog, I now ask and try to collaborate with others because it's it's a positive experience and it just helps your stuff. But yeah, we should totally talk about Like Mr. Beast, his most recent video. He had four, like, 10 million-plus sub-YouTubers in it. So far. The Vine guys do it. The YouTubers do it. The TikTokers do it. Yeah, it's like, yeah, I should collaborate more often. Because it's once you get a little bit of pull, like, everybody also wants to be a part of what you're doing. So yeah. it's very easy to collaborate. It's tough. We should we should focus on it from two different standpoints. Like, when you're starting, how do you collaborate with someone bigger? That's the toughest part. Yeah, too, is, like, you shouldn't ever expect to be able to do that. If you do get that, like, good for you. But you should not go into the mindset, like, this guy should collaborate with me because this, this, this. Well, that, I... <laughs> Should we save it for next week? I mean, Probably. I would I would say that if you're adding immense value, they should. It's yeah, but it's... It is tough. To be it. underneath somebody in terms of whatever your metric is, whether it's followers, subscribers, yeah. whatever, and be able to add value to the person is very difficult. Yeah. You know, so I... I I think there's a bunch of different ways to go about it. Uh, most of them are very difficult. You usually have to build your own leverage before people are like, okay. I mean, we live in a transactional world. Yeah. yeah. So you, most people don't have like real relationships with people until they get to meet them and stuff like that. So it's, it's not a lot of like goodwill going around. So you usually do have to have some sort of value prop for the other person. Yeah. Yes. So uh, that's going to wrap up today's video. 
you know, if you're listening to the podcast, a little rating and review. I don't, I don't know if we have one yet. <laughs> I might have put one uh, myself. Did you? I don't think I did. The Snapback No, I, I went to, but Spotify was like, you got to listen to the episode first. And I was no like, way. Fuck this. Yeah. Spotify, before you leave a rating or review, you actually have to listen, which I kind of respect. I respect that. Fun fact, Snapback Sports Podcast is the highest rated sports podcast in the world. That's how we jumped to number one on the charts. We I figured out. So, wait, how do I... On Spotify or on Apple. On so Apple. what's this called? Big content. Big content. Okay, our faces are on there. We look good. Yeah, I right. guess I'll subscribe. <laughs> Let's see. Do Wait, it. So how do I find you as number one? Like if I type in sports, you're not number one. No, 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 not not on the rankings anymore. But if you if you look up Snapback Snapback Sports Pod and then go down to the ratings, uh, we got four point nine and we got eleven thousand rating. And that is because I gamed the system and figured out the system that it was a combination. It had nothing to do with listens. I mean, you need a couple listens, but if you just a couple, if if you got. No, seriously, we we were getting, I think when we hit number one, it was like 4,000 listens. But we had 6,000 five-star ratings and reviews. So were you doing over, like giveaways to get yeah, these ratings? Yeah. You cunt. Yeah. And, and we jumped to number one. Now we market that. But we did just get a review August 20th. I love listening to podcasts at night to fall asleep. It's relaxing for some reason. I respect Jack that. puts me to sleep. It's <laughs> bullshit Austin Eckler takes. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. We're going to have to hack the system. But yeah, we're on uh, we're obviously on YouTube, so like and subscribe if you're new. Uh, join the Discord, please. Like, we'd love to get our questions sourced from there. You know what's crazy? As fucking narcissistic as it sounds, like, people have just full access. I'll answer every question in the fucking Discord. Like, full access. I got a lot of shit to do, but, like, I'll be in there grinding. I'll be in the trenches. You That's know? when you know you're in on something. Yeah, it's bullshit. When you're Ask on. questions. We have 85 people in there. You get full access to me. Yeah, let me write something right now and just be like, uh, do you know how valuable Nick's <laughs> time is? Yes. Wait, we did just get a question from Anna. Yeah, she just came in, but I saw that, like, four minutes ago, and I was like, we're already at almost the hour mark. I mean... Want to rip? Yeah. All right, fuck come it. on. All right, Anna. Anna says, how do you motivate yourself to keep going when you're not seeing the results success you want? You've talked about how you turned your passion's hobby into business as you've grown as creators. Has the business job side of being a creator ever made you feel disjointed or dispassionate about the passion or hobby that originally started your business, i.e. fantasy football? Nick, <laughs> do you want to let the people know? That I hate fantasy? Yeah. You think they don't already know that? <laughs> Fantasy is a uh, listen. I there are there are times I'm really excited. I like fantasy a lot of the time. A lot of the time, though, it feels like I don't even follow sports anymore. Like I don't really follow basketball, baseball. Those were huge passions of mine growing up. And now that I'm in NFL so fucking deeply, can, can we get a photoshopped image of how deep Nick is inside of football? I can't, <laughs> I can't follow other sports because I wouldn't have time in my life. I don't understand how you like all encompassing sports people like do anything else with your life. Yeah. I just, that, that's my talent. Answer the fucking question. No, my talent is aggregating and can, I, I would say my filtering of information, my curation of feed and my, just what I consume is all sports all the time through a Which, million different ways. Right. So like that, that Twitter, Instagram, text, uh, TikTok, like, and, and I know the trends of stuff. Like I know the creators. So that's just, I guess what I'm good at. That's a I'm talent. Just, that's a talent for sure. Yeah. And people, yeah. people always said like, how do you see that first? Like, and it's not like I have 4,000 million notifications on for stuff, but I do have notifications. On, but that's my talent. That's my skill. That's what I mean, though. Like, okay, so the podcast I listen to, I said I listen to a lot of marketing podcasts. So, yeah. like, um, the Gary Vee podcast, obviously. Social media marketing with Michael Stelzner is great. Also, we have Smart Paths of Income by Pat Flynn. I don't listen to it often anymore, but, you know, those are some of the ones I listen to. But to stay on top of it, it's like, if I were to follow sports, it, it's almost like the way an algorithm works. My brain works like that. It's like, okay, you have real estate for one thing to consume within the next hour. It's like sports sports or marketing or, and I, I, on, I also have like biohacking is something I'm really into that I, I, I find. What's that? Uh, it's like the idea of like longevity, like how to, uh, how to keep yourself healthy outside. I mean, nutrition and fitness are obviously yeah. like a staple of that, but there are a ton of different like biohacks that people use. So I listen to podcasts like that. I listen to like the all in podcasts on top of the economy yeah. and shit. Like impulsive is one that I thoroughly enjoy mm -hmm. Dave Portnoy show. Um, so I'm doing listening to all these things and it's like, you have to decide what you want to consume to kind of like become that person. So to answer Anna's first question, how do you motivate yourself to keep going when you're not seeing the results success that you want? It's kind of hard, I guess, to put yourself in a position where you have no choice. That That is how I would do it. Yeah. I think when I started, I was so passionate about it that I was so, I, I'm such a self-motivated person to be honest. With you. I've never had a problem like waking up and be like, oh, I'm not really motivated. I mean, yeah. I'm sure a couple days, whatever, but like it's always been that way for me. I do think, again, if you're starting something that you're passionate about, it shouldn't really be that big of a trigger. I, I think the biggest thing is, like, relatability. You got to understand that everybody goes through the thing of, like, oh, fuck. Like, 
I'm not seeing results. Like no one jumped from zero to a hundred. Mm-hmm. Like nobody did that. Everyone went from zero to one, back to zero, one, two, three, one, two, twelve. Four. Yeah, we skipped four. You know, but it's like that's how it is. Like I think the biggest thing in it's t- people just don't want to feel like alone. So if you know that other people are going through the same shit you are, it makes you feel better. It's like you have to go through the fucking really shitty parts of being a content creator if you want to make it there. I want to give everyone homework before next week's episode. I show speed. You know who that is? He's the top streamer in the world right now. He is v- Oh, speed. Yeah. That, that like little crazy black yes, kid. Yeah, yes. yeah. He is more viral than viral. Do some research on speed. Get us questions about how he did it. What's going on right with him right now is one of the craziest creator phenomenons of all time. Every single soccer pro club is using him in their TikToks. Like, they're taking clips from him, his dances, the way he pronounces stuff. He's a sound. It's truly incredible. And and that, and I tweeted about it during the match, two and a half million concurrent. Oh, that was him? Oh, that, was, that was like, it's KSI's charity match. But two and a half million people on a Saturday morning watching YouTubers play soccer. That's more than the NBA Finals. That is more What's than the, the NBA Finals. Watch him and get questions? Yeah. Look into, look into iShow Speed. Follow that phenomenon that's trending right now. Come back with thoughts and, and questions. Yeah. And the second part about you've talked about how you turned passion into hobby. As a business side of job, content creator, have you ever felt disjointed or passionate about the passion hobby that originally started your business? Uh, so to go back to that, like, yeah, for sure. Like, I get burnt out with fantasy stuff all the time. But I understand it's what grows this business, which allows me to continue to do shit like this. You know, and that's a long ass stride. Like, if I ever want to make the jump to only doing stuff like this full time, it's almost like that's my side. This is my side hustle while that's my nine to five. And obviously, it's a lot more fun than a normal 9 to 5. But, like, yeah, I feel that all all the time. Subscribe, like, all that fucking social stuff. Thank you. Love you. Big media. (laughs) I also got some unhelpful questions from the audience. Such as, how big is your PP? Yeah, those, I usually start my Q&As with that question. Fuck <laughs> the new iOS update. Let me see. See, that's goaded. You could watch me on your home screen? I don't know if I could watch, but it's just your fucking... No, it's just the audio of it. Oh, I don't want so your face fraudulent. as my new that's, wallpaper. What do you mean? <laughs> if anyone wants my face as your wallpaper, just let me know. Update we'll to iOS 98 and uh, use Nick. So I downloaded the new iOS, actually, and he was... You can... Um, basically make people transparent like any picture or video you go to like even in the yeah, middle yeah, of a video you could like erase the background it's pretty sweet it's a good tool for you content creators who don't know adobe premiere you know we need uh something snapback for the background like that would fit maybe like behind you over there or wherever i want to like load the wall up with What's stuff that? that would be a lightning bolt jack oh, maybe a company's logo or something yeah for sure dude i saw snacks at uh or Monday. Oh, did you? That is tailgate. L16? Yeah. You know that whole crew, they have L16 tattooed on their thigh now. No way. Yeah. Snacks is, uh, yeah, they all got it together. He he runs a crazy ship. Like, he dude, he's been, I mean, <laughs> like we talk about learning the game of content for years and years and years. He's been doing those tailgates. Like he is, he's been building up to what it is now. Yeah. We've been doing that since high school. That's nuts. It's insane. He, um, it was catered. Is it normally catered? I don't know what it is at this point, to yeah. be honest. I actually, I don't like going to them anymore because it's just like a hundred fucking psycho Giants fans. Yeah. And I'm like, everyone's blacked out by like 9 a.m. <laughs> doesn't matter when the game is. Like they're kicking down the fences before, you know, when they let them in. Snacks, one of the crazier stories is Snacks had um, uh, cancer when we were growing up in high school. He had to go through like chemotherapy and everything. But like through that, he didn't give a shit. He was going to these Giants tailgates still and like, one day he had um, a checkup with his doctor while he was going through all the doctor's appointments. Like he went in and the doctor, the person who wasn't the doctor, but it was a person like checking him before he sees a doctor or whatever. They're like, did I see you yesterday? Like on top of a car at the, <laughs> <laughs> the tailgate? <laughs> this was mid chemo. So I was like, yeah, definitely me for <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah.